Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a biblical solution to healthcare where hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation bear one another's medical burdens through prayer and financial support. It's not insurance and there are no network restrictions, which means you choose the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for you. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. It's affordable with a sharing program that could fit your budget and you can join today. Samaritan Ministries is always there to help you choose a quality healthcare provider, to price medical procedures, and 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. When you think about Samaritan Ministries, you think about the verse in Galatians 6-2, which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you'd like to learn more about this amazing community, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash dadtired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash dadtired. All right, Hunter, I'm so excited to have you back to start. And we always talk about having like brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, that's a kind of big saying in the church. I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of female friends that I'm like, this really feels like a sister in Christ. You know, it's weird to have like friends of opposite gender uh, when you're married and all that in the church world. But when I'm hanging out with you and we've never even met in person, we just like follow each other online and we've, we've stayed in touch online, but I'm just like, man, I genuinely feel like I'm with a sister in Christ. Whenever I'm around you, I'm always encouraged by you. I'm always feel like I'm brought closer to Jesus when I'm with you. So even just selfishly getting to hang out with you again on the show is a real treat for me. But anyway, all that to say, welcome back. How are you? What have you been up to these days? Oh, well, praise God. I feel the exact same way about you. I was so excited to get to hop in the closet and get to chat with you today. <laughs> and, you know, Jared, I'm just so encouraged by everything that you're doing at Dad Tired. I follow you on social media and I listen to the podcast when I'm able to. And I am just so challenged by the way that you love and lead your family and the way that you're encouraging other men to do that, including my brother. So we got a little spiritual family going on here for sure. Yeah, uh, I told yeah. you that my brother, he's a new father and he listens to your podcast and has listened to your audiobooks and things like that. And so just really blessed by the ministry that God has entrusted to you here. So thanks for allowing me to be a part of what you're doing. And yeah. I mean, we, since we last chatted, I think I've moved like four times. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Cause you're military. We're a military family. So you were jumping around all over the That's place. That's right. My husband was an army ranger and we moved seven times in 10 years Jeez. and we finally landed somewhere as civilians. We we're in Northwest Arkansas. So we don't have a move out date for the first time in our marriage. And it's really interesting trying to plant roots somewhere. I know you guys are doing that too, with having just moved to South Carolina. Yeah. What was it like for your, for the kids moving that much? How old are your kids, your girls? And like, what was it like just jumping around that much? That's right. So we have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And it was really difficult. My seven-year-old, I think she's lived in four different places Mm -hmm. and she is particularly sentimental about the people that we meet. Mm -hmm. And she's also a little bit anxious. And so it always creates in her a little bit of anxiety whenever we make a move. And the other two, they're pretty resilient. They're a little bit younger also. So I don't think they have like an awareness of exactly what's going on, but I would say it's really difficult. And that's part of the reason why we made the decision to get out of the military because we saw the impact that it was having on our oldest. What about your kids? How are they doing? They're doing great. I mean, 
they're kind of a little bit spoiled because I was just telling you before we hit record that like we went from 18 degree weather to like 84 degree weather. Yeah, so they're yeah. in a pool every day, you know, and they're so like, they're this just, is the best. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah. They, they seem to have forgotten about their friends pretty quickly because <laughs> they're in the pool and just like, yeah, I'm sure they're fine back in Portland. This is awesome. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of dad tired guys since we've moved who are also considering a move for whatever reason. Right. And they've always asked me like, how did the kids handle it? You know, we're kind of worried about the kids you know, any advice you'd give to like a family who's considering a move and like, they're just a little bit worried about how the kids will handle that. Absolutely. I would say go ahead and look before you move for a local church. And that's been the most grounding thing for us in every move we've made, not just for the kids, but for us too. And so we'll get online and we'll search for like-minded churches and we'll start listening to sermons in advance. And did you know, you can even request having a meeting with the elders via zoom or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you're really wanting to try and establish and circumvent, especially in these times, you know, where things are just kind of going to church has been more challenging as a result of the pandemic and stuff like that. You can circumvent that whole process of visiting new churches. And that can create anxiety, I think, too, for the kids, especially if they're going into childcare or to Sunday school, like meeting new people every single week. So to try and narrow down your options when it comes to church before you ever arrive in that location, we have been able to find our churches before we've ever moved which is just God's grace to us. And a lot of that has been doing work on the front end so that when we get there, we know, okay, here's the one or two churches that we're probably going to land with. And then as soon as we get there, it's pretty easy for the kids to get established and, you know, plug in with the other children that are in the church. Yeah. Same. We did the exact same thing. I had been looking for churches. I I had one podcast listener who lived out here and he was really recommending a church to me. And so I, I had checked it out and, uh, and so I had been following it, had been like, you know, sort of following social media, listening to the messages, mm. all that stuff. And so we had literally been here two days and then we went to church. And yep. when we met some of the people there, they're like, oh my gosh, you're not, you don't, you don't even have a house yet. And you guys are at church. You know, I'm like, I've been, been following you guys for a while now. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And we've been there every week since we've been here and the kids already feel that sense of stability and rhythm. Yeah. They're meeting other like-minded people. So yeah, I agree with that. I want to talk about one of the things that I love about what you are doing with your family and leading so well in your family is scripture memorization. You are just like the queen at it. No. Um, I watch you and I'm just like, and I watch your kids and I'm just like, how are you doing this? This is <laughs> really impressive and a little bit intimidating. So I want to get, yeah. I want to get started yeah. with like, how did this even become a value for you as a person, as a mom or as a, as just a woman? And then how did it start to become a value for you as a family? For sure. Well, first off, I have to say that that what you're seeing is the result of inconsistent consistency. So Mm. just don't be too impressed. I think sometimes we see the final product and it's like, well, that was just, it's kind of like working out. You know, you're like, you don't get that workout in every day, but if you're able to do it when you can, and if you still prioritize it, then you're still going to see results, even if you're not doing it every day. So Mm. it's not that impressive uh, in the process. But for me, it really was established out of my own need. I mean, when I became a mother, I knew I wanted to be intaking the truths of scripture regularly. I also knew I wanted to be imparting those to my kiddos as they continue to grow. But I had a really hard time carving out spaces in which I could study the Bible the way that I was used to doing that. And I had always prioritized, you know, studying God's word and memorizing God's word. But then when I had little people who were just seemed to be with me all the time, I did not know how to manage opening my Bible with all of its crinkly pages and their little hands wanting to grab them, you know? So that's where 
scripture memory started to become really precious to me because I wanted to sit down and kind of feast on the word, like proverbially speaking, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't have time to sit down and eat. So I kind of started to stick verses in my pocket to take them on the go, if you will, and to feed on them throughout the day. And then eventually I realized, well, I might as well start working on these with the kids because they're able to say like a simple nursery rhyme, like the itsy bitsy spider. And if they could say the itsy bitsy spider, well, maybe they can say Genesis 1-1. And so we started to do it together. And then I thought, wow, it's almost like I can kind of have my own little Bible study that I'm not able to have by myself with my kids. We could just as we're walking to the park, talk about Genesis 1-1. Well, what does it mean that God created the heavens and the earth? And mm-hmm. let's look around us and see. I remember a post that you did about this recently about just discipleship on the go, basically, yeah. like asking, okay, what do we see that God created as you guys were driving to South Carolina? I love that. So that's kind of how it started for me. And then as we started memorizing, I realized, good grief, they're way better at memorizing than I am. And let's try and capitalize on this while their little brains are so pliable. And so we ended up memorizing Psalm 1. And I thought, wow, how cool is it to have an entire chapter of the Bible memorized at age four? That's impressive. Like, I never did that. And I realized, like, if we're able to do that, then for me, I'm able to kind of contextually study God's word, even as I go, because then I can start thinking, for example, Psalm 121, that was a really precious passage to me as we were like going through the pandemic and stuff like that. And we used to live in New England and we would drive by these hills and we were memorizing Psalm 121. And so every time we drive by the hills, think to myself, I lift up my eyes to the hills and I was able to think through the principles and the truths of that Psalm as I went about my day, even in a really stressful, unsettling time. And then I was also able to impart those truths to whoever it was that I was around that was also struggling. So it just, it seemed to just really like hit all these different areas that I was wanting to hit in like isolation. Like I wanted to do my own private Bible study, wanted to do my own memorization. But then I started to realize, wow, this is kind of an integrative approach like what Deuteronomy 6 describes, which, you know, where Moses is telling God's people to talk about the instruction of the Lord, like, you know, when they sit, when they rise, when they walk by the way, basically talk about it all the time. And I kind of realized, like, isn't that what discipleship is? Like, what an opportunity it is for us to be able to talk about the commands of the Lord with our children day and night. And then it just models that for them, a life that's seeking the Lord and that seeks to love and know God through his word. I love that. I think that there's oftentimes we have to ask ourselves, okay, here's something I want to do. And then you have to ask yourself, well, why am I not doing it? And then there's usually, there's usually a lie attached to some type of behavior. And so then you, what is the lie I'm believing? It can be something, you know, really deep and it, it could be something really simple, a really simple lie in this case. And I've told myself, this is like, well, memorizing made sense back then. If everyone didn't have a Bible, you'd like memorize it because you need, I didn't have an actual Bible in my hands to go to at any time. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I've got a Bible now and I don't really need to memorize it because I can just open it up and read it whenever I want. Right. So that would be one of the lies that I could, I mean, that's a real surface level. That's not like a deep, Mm. but that's just a surface level lie. And I, I was looking, there's a couple of verses here, Psalm 119, 111 that says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, which is really fascinating because the writer there is equating the memorization or the storing up the meditation of God's word in us. And that leads to not sinning against God. It's not just 
practically I need to learn this so I can have it whenever I go, but it's, it's actually changing my righteousness. Like the way that I'm, I'm living (laughs) rightly with God, those two things are paired together. There's another one, Joshua one, a, which we know this is Moses passing on the baton or the baton is now being passed to Joshua early on here as he's leading the people in the promised land says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that mm-hmm. is it is written for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Again, he's talking about the moving toward the promised land there, mm-hmm. but there's a, again, a tie between the memorization, the meditation of scripture and the way that I'm actually living my life. And so I just was thinking like for the man who's mm-hmm. like, I'm finding myself as the scripture said, entangled in sin constantly. Mm. I'm tripping over the same sins over and over again. I wonder how many times, if ever, Mm. we're making a correlation to how am I meditating on the Word of God? Am I memorizing the Word of God? And would that actually have an effect on my day-to-day like righteousness? You know? Oh, yeah. I think Donald S. Whitney says that scripture memorization is the missing link between Bible intake and meditation. And Mm. so that scripture memory piece, it's what helps us. Like I said, put it in your pocket and take it on the go. And I'm telling you, I need it most in the moments where I can't reach for it. And in fact, I'm thinking about the moments when I really need to reach for it, but I might be reaching, like you said, for something that is sinful. Like Mm. I might be reaching for something I think is going to give me life that isn't actually going to give me life, or I might be taking things into my own hands and trying with tenacity to control them. Like in my own strength, I think about when I'm about to lose my temper with my kids and I'm standing in the other room. And then I remember, you know, the truth of God's word, like, okay. Or I feel just so put out by like the behavior of my children that I literally feel like I just want to keel over and die. Like I actually have those moments, you know, and I'm standing in the other room and I'm thinking, okay, but Romans eight, if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to my mortal body through his spirit that dwells in me. I think, wow, I have this spirit of the living God in me. So I can take a deep breath here, trust the spirit in me and like ask for his help as I go and engage with these little people that are driving me absolutely crazy in this moment. And that's the moment where I need it. And I think it makes the difference in our ability to fight back against sin. Like you said, that Psalm 119 verse is so helpful. You think about Hebrews 4.12. It's the only book that has the power to divide soul from spirit and to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's the only book that has the power to change us. And so I know you and I both write books and like, you know, we want people to read those because we hope they'll be encouraging. But If you only have time for one book, praise God, reach for the only one that can actually change your heart and thereby transform your life, like you said. And that's the key there, because I think when people initially hear, I'm just thinking the the normal dude, he's like, you know, he's not like studying a ton of theology. He's just working super hard and he's trying to pay the bills and he's like, you know, he's tired when he comes home. And so when you hear the words like scripture memory for a lot of guys, you're just like, dude, like I... I don't have time for that, you know, like, yeah, and, you can barely remember to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of feels like, I know I should, that's a, just another Christian thing I should for be sure. doing. Like I should tithe. I should read my Bible more and memorize scripture. But again, that the power of it is not just that we're doing a spiritual exercise or a Christian, the right Christian thing to do, 
but it's like, man, we actually are, we're chasing righteousness. We are trying to become more like Jesus. And the memorization of scripture is actually helping us do that. Even in the moments or like the moments where your kids are screaming in the other room and you just feel like I can't handle this anymore. Right. So, Yeah. yeah. I love also what you said about the kids being able to memorize it even better. And you, the Jewish culture, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination here, but the kids would memorize by like the age of 10, they were memorizing like the first five books of the Bible. Yes. So the the ability of a child's brain to, to retain and memorize is insane. Yeah. Um, where are your kids at now? I, you, you said you memorized a whole chapter. Like what, you know, brag on your kids a little bit. What else have they memorized? <laughs> They've memorized many, many chapters. It's so funny. You know, we'll be talking to them about doing school because we also homeschool. And they'll be like, I can't remember this. And I'm like, maybe you have like chapters of the Bible memorized. And they're like, I only have like 15. (laughs) And you're like, oh my cow. Like, it's amazing what they can do. And I have to tell you, Jared, that's what's been so wonderful because, you know, we want to instruct our children with the truths of God's word. Like every Christian parent wants to do that. But I think the, the gift of scripture memory together as a family, my husband too, is that when we are instructing them, whether it's like encouraging them in moments of despair or comforting them in moments of fear or hurt or instructing them in moments when they need correction, Hmm. being able to reference the scriptures that we have memorized together offers this really potent opportunity for us to show them how scripture applies to their everyday life. So whenever they're squabbling in the other room, like we're talking about, then I can come in and I can say, Hey, what is love? And because we memorize first Corinthians 13, they're able to immediately respond. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And so for us to be able to remind each other. And it doesn't just go one way from me reminding them, but I just had the other day, a moment where one of my kids was asking me the same question for the umpteenth time. And I had answered the question at least 10 times adequately. And I was trying to clean our house and get ready for somebody who was coming over. So I'm pushing the vacuum and she comes and asks me the question again. And I said, can you not just give me a second? Be patient. (laughs) And of course, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, man, this is so ironic that I am impatiently demanding that my child be patient. And then, of course, what comes to my mind? Well, love is patient. Why is that the first thing on the list that Paul says? You know, so it's just this really great thing where scripture is not only changing their hearts, but the Lord is also using it to change mine. And so it's just, I've grown to understand like this really is, this is what Moses calls our very life. And because in it, we are able to understand the life that Christ offers us and to walk in light of what he's done. I think I want to go back to, because I think a lot of people are going to listen to this and it's really inspiring. It's like, man, I want my kids to be able to memorize first Corinthians when they're fighting with each other, you know, uh, <laughs> so exactly. So they're going to feel like, but I, like, I can barely get my kids to like put their shoes on the correct sure. feet, you know, like, how are you practically, how are you guys yeah. as a family learning to memorize scripture? 
Yeah. Well, first off, I have to say that I think the most compelling thing is for them to see you love it and to see you need it. Mm. So it's like that whole thing of like caught versus taught. Like Mm -hmm. if you are a parent who is loving God's word and who is prioritizing time of the word, you know, I used to think that that interruption of the morning quiet time was such an inconvenience, but then the Lord kind of brought to mind, what if it's not so much about all the things you know, Hunter? What if it's more about your kids seeing a humble disposition and a dependence on the very words of God, even if you're only able to read a few verses before they come tumbling down the stairs? And so I think just don't be frustrated by the process and how long it can take. I think just that humble acknowledgement that, man, we need God's word like we need food. Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so just like we need to be regularly nourished at mealtime, we need to be regularly nourished with God's word. And so for us, I think it can flesh itself out so many different ways, but for us, it's, it's helpful to remember that like, wow, we need God's word. Like we need food. So every time we sit down, kind of like how we've established this practice of praying before meals and remembering God's provision for us and his ultimate provision for us and the person of his son, Jesus, and praying and thanking him for that. We also remember, hey, we don't just live by this food, but we live by the very words of God. And so when we sit down to eat, it's been a helpful kind of practice for us to just kind of either read God's word together. That's what we do at breakfast or to work on our scripture memory. And it's, it's just been this wonderful outpouring to Jared of opportunity because it's become such a part of our routine, kind of like praying before meals that the kids really expect it. And so now when we sit down, they're ready to bang on the table. We also make it really fun. Uh, we're ready to bang on the table and we're ready to say our verses as loud as we possibly can. And what's really been interesting is they don't want to stop doing it even when we have people over. And I used to always think to myself, I heard Rosaria Butterfield one time talk about how, you know, they have these nightly devotionals over their dinner table and how that was like this huge point of evangelism for them with the people they would have in their home. And I thought, my husband Brooks is an army ranger. This is not going to go for us. You know, like we just, that just seems so idyllic, but through this whole thing of memorizing scripture around the table. Now all of our kids hold us accountable to the point that when we have visitors over, they're like, no, we pray and we, we bang on the table and we do this scripture memory thing. So what's the banging on the table? What does that look like? (laughs) (laughs) For example, let me think of one. So it looks like this. I don't know why I immediately, I consider this God redeeming my time in high school as, as a person who listened to way too much rap music. I uh, love it. Yes. Now we're speaking <laughs> the same language. Okay. <laughs> so Psalm 148 is one that we've memorized at one point. So we will start. I'm not going to bang on my table because it's going to mess up my mic, but I'll clap. So okay. we'll go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. So we just have fun and we're just we're so they're just doing. They're doing it to a beat. They're doing music. it to a beat. We're doing it to whatever they want to do. And oh, so be nice. flexible. I mean, we're doing it to monster voices. We're screaming it. We're. I'll get out little instruments if they like want to do that kind of thing. I'll let them do whatever they want. I don't care if they stand on the table. I'm a really flexible because I'm like whatever you want to do that makes you excited about hiding God's word in your hearts. Let's do it. And so 
it's really funny. I got to tell you, being up at Dartmouth, we knew very few believers. We had people over in our house all the time because we lived on campus. And it was amazing to me that every time we would sit down, my little three-year-old, he would just start. He knows, he goes, praise the Lord, we're going to do it. And and I'm like, okay, we're going to do it with our postmodern friends who are outspoken atheists. And it was such a great opportunity for evangelism. So that's how it flushes itself out for us. But I want to stay flexible and say, hey, seasons are going to look different as kids grow. And as kids are growing in maturity, they may not, they may lose interest in these things. I've heard that this is the time to capitalize on it when they're young, because it does become more difficult when they get into their preteens. And I've been there. I mean, I remember my dad, he used to make me read a proverb every morning as we drive to the school. And I was such a surly teenager, Jared. I hated reading that proverb out loud on the way to school. But now that my dad's passed, I can't tell you how much I love to think about the times that I sat in the truck with him and read God's word together. So parents just don't lose heart. I think even if your kids have a surly expression on their face, and even if they don't want to participate, that's okay. It's good for them to see a parent who desperately needs the word of God and who wants to impart its truths to their children because they know that it's going to change their life. Get me all emotional uh, in time we're talking about dads. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And just thinking through, this is a total side note, but I was just speaking at a conference and I had a dad come up to me. He's got a 12 year old who's really struggling with a 12 year old. And, and he, he, I mean, this, this man yeah. was like, looked like he rode a Harley to the conference, you know, just like a strong manly man. And, uh, and he was just weeping at mm. his, chi- his child kind of wandering away. Yeah. And um, I say all that because uh, for there's a lot of parents who are listening who have preteens or maybe into the teens and it's just like mm-hmm. you're, they're struggling. God is so gracious and like yes. sovereign. And uh, I mean, just look at you, what you're doing. You're like you are dedicating your life to pointing people towards Jesus. You're raising children who love the, the word of God and who love the Lord. And, uh, yeah. and, and so like for the parents who are just super discouraged at these yes at this point of your life and your parenting, just like God is zoom out. I know that's probably so hard, but just zoom out. Like God is so faithful. He's in the long game. I always say that he's like, he's in this for the long game. So thank you for sharing that. It actually reminded me you posted, uh, on Instagram. I think it was, was it your grandma who had Mm -hmm. just lost her husband of 58 years and she had memorized scripture. And she, I I watched that probably a hundred times and I was like crying Every time. I know. It was so, so powerful. It was so powerful. I'm actually going to play it. If that, do you think it's okay? Do, would you give yeah, me permission if I play the audio too. for that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to insert it right here because I was just going to read what she memorized, but I thought, you uh, know what? Let's just insert it. So I'm going to listen to. Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stall, yet I will trust in the victorious God's of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will cause me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and to make spiritual progress on my high places of trouble suffering and responsibility 
Mm, I love that. Isn't that great? It's so good. What's her name? What's her? Her name is Anne Abernathy, but we call her Grand Anne because at one point she thought that she was too young to be called grandma. I love it. She is a very grand Anne indeed. And she is truly my inspiration for memorizing God's word because I will never forget that moment that you just inserted where she was quoting from Habakkuk a passage that she memorized in the amplified version. So it's actually quite long because if you know the amplified version, it's like every word is defined in the translation. And she actually lost her son to suicide when he was in his twenties. And she memorized that passage when she lost her son to suicide. And she was married to my grandfather, who's a Southern Baptist preacher. And he passed away to the day. I can't remember how many years, the exact same day, like 35 years later. I can't remember the exact time frame to the actual day. And I will never forget sitting there with her in her kitchen. And my grandfather was not the person who we expected to lose first. We thought we would lose her first but my grandfather was just driving and he had just had neck surgery and didn't have full mobility. And he was broadsided by a vehicle, like turning onto a highway. So he died from a tragic accident. It wasn't like old age. He was totally, he was like mowing on the tractor, you know, doing everything. And he was her primary caregiver because she couldn't even remember to take her medicine for her heart in the mornings. And yet, if you listen to that, she can recall God's word, because it's something that she has rehearsed and repeated for her whole life. And that was a moment for me where I'm like, the day I can't remember to take these pills that keep me alive, (laughs) I need to be able to remember the very book by which I want to live. And she right now is on hospice, cannot remember anything at all. She has full-blown dementia. She was actually put on hospice the same day my dad was, who just passed away that I referenced. And she has been the greatest inspiration for me to think, man, what do I want to be thinking about so that when I'm not able to remember anything else, (laughs) it is still the thing that I can bring to mind. So yeah, she's been such an inspiration to me with this whole scripture memory journey for sure. Hunter, you have me way too like emotional at this. Early I know I'm like crying over here. Man. It's 8:52 in the morning, Jared. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I want to say this too. I know that there are a lot of women who sneak into the Dad Tired Show and like to be a fly on the wall. And so, I just want to say for all you women who are listening, one, I'm so grateful you're here. I know you're here, and that's okay. <laughs> but two, Hunter has so many resources. She has the Journey Women podcast, which I can already tell you that so many people are going to be encouraged by just hearing what you've shared with us so far. And I just want to encourage, especially every woman listening to Mm. go, just give a plug to what you're doing when journey women. Yeah. So you guys can find it just on the podcast app, whatever app you're using to listen to Jared regularly, just by searching for journey women, one word. And really, I just had such a host of mentors in my own life that I thought it would be such a blessing to get to share these women with other women all across the world. And then it's expanded. I've had Jared on the show and some of Jared and I's like theological heroes. And it's gone deeper and deeper, honestly, because it's just been me exploring my own kind of theological interests. And it's a joy to get to share those 
with other people across the interweb. So thanks for plugging it's so in. Good. It's, it's so good. And and Layla loves every time Layla yeah, Layla, every time Layla hears or sees anything you're doing, she's just so encouraged. She's like, Can I jump in on this interview today? Uh Aww. she just yeah, she just loves everything you're doing. Yeah. So I want to go, I want to hit two quick things here. We talked about the Jewish and the Jewish culture, these young kids yeah. memorizing massive chunks of scripture. I just wanted to point out, because I love that you're doing it through song, you're doing it at the dinner table. And that was really, from what I understand, a tactic for the education uh, for these young kids back then was to use writing, reading, saying it out loud, music, like they were using all different kinds of strategies. That's actually what we do in our classical conversations. Our kids are learning. Yeah huge chunks of history and mathematical facts, all kinds of stuff, mainly through song. And then they write it and then they hear it. So there's your kids will learn better if they, if they can kind of absorb it in a lot of different ways. So I just thought it was really so cool true. that you're doing it through song, especially I mean, my that's son. the only way I know, like the state capitals. Did you memorize like the state yes, capitals? Exactly. That's, I have to go Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana <laughs> mm-hmm. every yep. time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. My, my kids know all those facts that they can do all the country presidents, all that stuff. And it's all through song. Okay. You wrote a book and I want to hear all about your book and it's beautiful. It's beautifully written. I had a chance to read it early. Tell us about the book. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for your endorsement. Well, I just want to say to kind of springboard from what you were referencing, I think the heart behind the book is really for people to understand, okay, you know, this is the very book by which we live, the Bible. We come to know more about who God is as we read his word, right? So like people call that theology, the study of God. And it's this idea that it's called read it, see it, say it, sing it. So it's this idea that we are going to be intaking the truths about God's word, who he is. And then that that's going to lead us to sing his word or testify to his wondrous works, as the psalmist said. And theologians call that doxology, the worship of who God is, so that our lives would be like an expression of our adoration of who God is. And so, like you said, it's not just this practice, like intaking the Bible is not just this practice that we need to do to check it off our spiritual to-do list. We do it because God uses it to transform our lives and to make us worshipers. And so this little book, I hope, will help families to understand that if we center our lives around God's word, together as a family, reading it, seeing it, saying it, singing it, whenever we can, however we can, it's going to lead to a life of worship, worshiping God together as a family, which I think is what we all desire. But for some reason, it just seems so complicated um, to get there. But I think really, if we just keep focused on the word, then there's this natural kind of outpouring of praise in our life. Yeah. I, I think for any family that's like, okay, I want to do this. I want to start memorizing scripture and you, and you already feel intimidated. How are you going to get the kids motivated? All that. Just go pick up a copy of this book. And I think yeah. that will get you guys like springboarded. Like, yeah. okay, this is exciting. This is fun. We can start to get into it. Hunter would never tell you this because she's way too humble, but it is the number one new release right now on Amazon. It hasn't even come out yet. By the time you Aww. listen to this interview. Hopefully it'll either just come out or it's just about to come out, but it's already number one in its category. So it's really, really, really well done. Um, So congratulations on on that. Did you you know it was number one or did I just, I did not know. I did not know. (laughs) I know when I said that you're like, Oh, well, (laughs) I'm like, Oh, praise God. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hope that it'll be a blessing. I mean, it's what I would want 
I originally was approached by a publisher that wanted me to write a book about how to memorize scripture with kids. And I just thought about parents. I'm like, man, we, we only have time for one book. Like we don't have time to read about how we need to do another thing, but we do have time to sit down and read picture books with our kids. And so what would it look like to create a book that we could enjoy together as a family to inspire us to continue to treasure that, that one book that's so important to us. I'm so inspired by you, Hunter. The book again is called Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It. It's really, really good. Everyone should go right now and pick up a copy of it. Thank you for hanging out with us again today. I know you're not feeling well, so I appreciate you not canceling and mustering up the energy to hang (laughs) out because it's been so, so encouraging. Anyway, I'm really grateful to spend time with you as always, and I can't thank you enough for being here today. Same, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus. Just want to remind you that we have our very first Dad Tired annual retreat coming up in September. We would love for you to be part of it. You can learn all the details and how to sign up by going to dadtired.com forward slash retreat. Again, go to dadtired.com forward slash retreat. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.